Solar Powers Radio. I'm back. Jesus. I never really left. I'm always on the job. I've been talking to the American people, seeing what they know, finding out what they don't have a clue about. And I'd say it's this. I don't think anybody's expecting these arrests. So let's hear from SGT report what is really going on now that uh, Kavanaugh's in. Here we go. It's going all over the world. And, um, and I'll, I'll tell you more on that later because we want to get into the, the things that we want to talk about. But. Well, yeah, let me rewind because in our previous conversation here, the 20 lost minutes, which I'll never get back, and they were great guys. I'm so sorry I flubbed that up. But you mentioned a guest you just had on who's an expert in aviation, and you guys did a seven-hour conversation about that plane crash that took the life of Fuddy, Loretta Fuddy. Is that her name? Uh, yeah, she was correct. the connection to the Obama birth certificate, the whole cover-up. Uh, she had the connection to uh, the whole family, the cult, and uh, the soft-water landing of that plane looked as gentle as a runway landing. Everybody exited the at- aircraft, including her, and then she mysteriously died. Tell us just a little bit about that. I wonder if she was pulled under by a diver. What happened? Unbelievable. Hugo Fugan has been a uh, the prime financial or, uh, or operating officer of three different aircraft companies who developed some software, because he's a genius on a spectacular level, which has become known as Microsoft flight simulator. There's also Microsoft Tower used by military and civilian all over the world. Uh, My son was using Microsoft flight simulator since he was five. Okay. This man completely deconstructed the entire Loretta Fuddy fatality fable. There were Navy divers there, a swimmer delivery vehicle there, flight restrictions, I believe from flight level 23 to 27, which is 23,000, 27,000 feet. They were under surveillance. That was a Cessna caravan. Catastrophic engine failure, man. Pratt and Whitney turbine powered propeller aircraft, which means it's just a jet engine powers it instead of a reciprocating engine, gasoline engine. Those things don't have catastrophic failures. It's built like a brick outhouse. And there, he provided recordings from people's smartphones inside the cabin. Everybody's calm. No big deal. All it was was a soft water landing nothing more and, and more to the point that island uh i spoke with uh, dr demetra and one of the speakers in operation uh, classified coming up in november 9 10 and 11 more on that later uh, she said that the, she she lives in hawaii and she says that island is notorious for weird stuff that is going on my last missive from her stated that every trace of everybody that had anything to do with that fatal crash is gone And the native inhabitants there are resisting with all their might this push to turn that particular little part of the island into a national park or state park. They have erased all evidence that that event even took place. And there's a website called Butter Dezillion. And this, uh, this woman has posted, we've had her on Caravan to Midnight, but she posted all kinds of video. And you, you see people all over the place. Loretta Fuddy, in my opinion, is not dead. Loretta Fuddy was part of Subud, S-U-B-U-D. So was Obama. So was Frank Marshall Davis. So was Stanley Ann Dunham, his little soft porn mom. 
So she's on a beach somewhere having a, a drink with a, a little hat in it. You know what I mean? A little tiny hat, a little cocktail. Yeah, you know, I wonder yeah. if that's not true. I, you know, my, my suspicion was she was pulled under and drowned. But, uh, you know, who knows the truth? With these people, they're all liars. We talked about this in our first 20 minutes. They're all liars. The morally bankrupt left has nothing left to sell to the American people but their lies or their fear. Uh, or their Marxist talking points. And any right-thinking American is walking away. Nobody wants anything to do with it. And now these people, according to Q, are in, in a panic because the witch is no longer in the White House. The witch isn't in the White House to stack the deck. So there's a new sheriff in town, and Q posted on Thursday the 4th, get this, John, this is so powerful. Q posted, this is post 2343. Are you ready to see arrests? Are you ready to see pain? Are you ready to be a part of history? Q. John, these are exciting times. I think we're going to see perp walks. I think we're going to see bad guys going down. And if you look at Feinstein's face, you can see the fear in their eyes, I swear. Yes. Uh, you know what? It's interesting you say that because when I was watching her yesterday, it occurred to me, I, I, I do this frequently. I'm telling you, there, there's something to that old saying that the eyes are the windows to the soul. They are. Yep. And if you will look at some of these people and just hold your hand up, even to the TV, even if you're 10 feet, 15 feet away from it, just hold up your hand and cover up the face and just look at the eyes. You can tell instantly if somebody's afraid, if somebody is lying, if somebody's crazy, or if somebody's telling the truth. Diane Feinstein looked like she was about to burst into tears. She looks scared to death. And she damn well should feel that way because her Chinese spy driver, her chauffeur of 20 years, combined with Hillary Clinton's deliberate, in my opinion, Sean, I'll calm down. People like Mellow John be not jacked up John B, I understand. <laughs> but that horrible Clinton woman is, now that's evil, okay? That woman is evil. She was evil the moment that, the, that, that her mama dropped her. She deliberately put that server online so that the Chinese could get into it. Now, you've seen this thing on Zero Hedge about how the, the Chinese and their little chip from Supermicro. Yep, read that yesterday. It's in everything, folks. It's everywhere. And who was it? It was Amazon that, that copped to it. Why would Amazon cop to it? Because they have built a $600 million a year server farm for CIA and got another contract to build a big server farm for NSA. Jeff Bezos, like him or hate him, this is one serious cat, and he called somebody, and they went, what? And he went, we need to talk. Those Chinese, Sean, what has happened, in my opinion, now this may sound a little wild for some, but I believe it. When you behold a group of people, the Democrat leadership, many of their followers, many of the Democrats think this is their granddaddy's or their daddy's Democrat party. It's not. It's the Communist Party. It is the Communist Party party, ladies and gentlemen. You'll find out I'm telling you the truth. She was trying to, and has done largely, pushed this country into a corner. Through Obama, that disgusting excuse for anything, and his husband, Michael, broke our military, fired our officers, infused homosexuality openly into the military to demoralize the straight ones, tried to put female women on the frontline infantry combat position. They have been trying to force us into a soft surrender to the communist Chinese. Feinstein's driver, spy, 
drove her around for 20 years while Feinstein's husband made millions doing business with the Chinese. That's how they pervert them. These people are not all evil, but they have been corrupted. The guys, the girls, the pictures, the naked pictures. Yeah, the honey pot. Starting with the Columbia Hotel and many other hotels, I'm sure. The all Standard Hotel, the children. You see, this gets us into the whole topic of Pedogate, or as it's known in D.C. with Comet Ping Pong and the Podesta Connection, Pizzagate. And we don't have to get into that because our audience is very well versed in the ways sure. that the intelligence agencies and in the ways that these politicians are corrupted. And Breitbart, Andrew Breitbart got it right in February of 2011 when he pointed the finger via Twitter at John Podesta calling him a world-class underage sex slave op cover-upper defending unspeakable drags. And he was never sued for that, but he was murdered. And uh, that's what these people practice in. They practice in wet works. We've got the Podesta email suggesting that they may have whacked Scalia. Um, and by the way, folks, Scalia. yeah, I believe so too. And, and, and uh, that's why we're seeing all this uh, about Kavanaugh. We're going to get into that in a second. All of these massive orchestrated bits of theater, like when Flake was cornered on the elevator. By the way, Trump tweeted about that today, saying, I'll quote, the very rude elevator screamers are paid professionals only looking to make senators look bad. Don't fall for it. Also, look at all of the professionally made identical signs paid for by Soros and others. These are not signs made in the basement from love. Hashtag troublemakers. Trump, this is what I love about President Trump. John, he takes his case to the American people because CNN will only lie, misrepresent the truth. They won't tell people that those two elevator protesters that cornered Flake. Look at me when I'm talking to you. You're telling me that my assault doesn't matter, that what happened to me doesn't matter, and that you're going to let people who do these things into power. We're on the payroll of Soros. CNN won't tell people that. Uh, but just back to my point about those leaks, the Podesta email leaks, the Clinton email leaks, that all came from Seth Rich. It wasn't Russia, Russian hackers. It wasn't Chinese hackers. But CNN won't tell people that either. And guess what? Getting back to the idea of what works, they whacked Seth Rich. Obviously. So these people practice in what works. And Q has said that if the witch had gotten into the White House, it would have been, quote unquote, hell on earth, pure evil, because they truly are. They, many of these people are truly hardcore pure evil. And you're right. They wanted to destroy this country, basically, with the Communist Manifesto. I think you're 100% right. That you are entirely correct. And when you think about it, look, look um, there are certain organizations, military organizations, intelligence organizations, and others, and it is my personal credo. They, I, you, your audience, is made up of people who do not tolerate those who lie, steal, or cheat. They don't do it themselves. They don't tolerate the company of those who do. Now, statistically, if you look at the 60-some-odd million who vote, voted for Mr. Trump, and uh, let's say Hillary Clinton was within 4 million, 5 million, okay? That still leaves us almost, almost 250,000 people to play with. Fine. So if you take the statistic that 18% of Americans have either been diagnosed with or are currently being treated for some form of mental illness, this does not factor in those who have not sought to be diagnosed nor treatment. Most of those people have gravitated to the Democrat Party. How else could you possibly explain what is to you and me patently insane behavior? It's insane. The things that come out of their mouths don't make any sense. 
But here's the other part, and it's an unfortunate part, but it is a reality, a harsh reality. Some people are just plain stupid. Well, and they've been indoctrinated through these public schools, John. I mean, this is all of this stuff has been a plan rolled out over decades to destroy critical thinking and really to destroy the fabric of our otherwise previously moral society. I love Satan, so you. These people would just as soon burn the Bill of Rights as opposed to see Kavanaugh placed on the Supreme Court because they worship essentially at the altar of abortion. If that's all they have to sell to the American people, then it's game over. And, you know, I want to be real clear here. There's corruption on both sides of the aisle. But in your life, did you ever expect to see so much blatant corruption, so obvious for all to see, like what we're seeing from the left? I mean, I've never seen anything like it. And now here's a tweet from Benny Johnson. I want to share this with people. A new twist just released Grassley letter to Ford, Christine Ford, ends on an ominous and mysterious note. Quote, in light of recently uncovered information, please turn over all communications with Feinstein and Hirono. This is huge, Benny writes. Maybe why GOP began growing a spine. They have something big on the Dems. And then our friend uh, Lisa May Crowley on Twitter replied or retweeted, no wonder Feinstein looked absolutely defeated after reading the FBI report yesterday. Uh, the report on Kavanaugh. She knows she's totally screwed. So if we get back to that Q post, John, are you ready to see arrests? Are you ready to see pain? I think the investigation may be turning around here on Feinstein and uh, her criminal cohorts. Q is a group, but they are one. Know what I mean? You're going to see arrests, and then you're going to see indictments, and then you're going to see convictions. And in the words of the fictitious, based on a uh, based on a uh, a real person, Jack Valentine from the old Nicolas Cage movie, uh, Lord of War. Some of them are going to spend the next ten years just going from their cell to the courtroom before they're ever tried and convicted, which they will be. They are scared to death. What else? I mean, let's just look at it from from a little distance. Why do people flip out the way the left has flipped out? And again, you're right. We're going to discover some rats in, on the on the right side of the aisle. There's no doubt about it. But everything is different than what it appears to be, just like with Flake. Now, either this worked out really beautifully or they forced. They resisted, 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 and said, Okay, and to put a little icing on the cake, he gets ambushed by a bunch of professional activists, right? In the elevator, with that look on his face, like, mm -hmm. and then he has a, some conscience about it and says, okay, let's do another investigation, which comes up with what? Nothing at all, just like everybody knew it would reveal nothing. But what did it do? It galvanized the right. And it's 51 to 49 right now. Kavanaugh's going to be confirmed then watch for the left to go crazy because the same bastardi that has been trying to destroy this country are the same as those trying to destroy. They're, they are the ones who are trying to destroy South Africa, which I say again is or was until the advent of Mr. Trump, the model, the prototype, the test bed for what they were trying to do here. That's the reason behind the ridiculous open borders policy all these Muslims streaming in that are completely incompatible with Western civilization, unless they were Muslims and now they're Christians. And you know, I don't much care what anybody thinks about that. 
and I want to declare right now that Christianity has done more for the world than any other religious sect whatsoever. Sure, it's been twisted and perverted because that's what evil does. Evil doesn't create anything. It twists, it perverts, it distorts something that's already been created. The Christian men and women of this nation are far greater in number than anyone thinks. They are the ones who are standing up to this evil, and that's what it is. And I repeat, the whole idea was to wage a soft economic war with China blame russia the whole time so we'd be looking there instead of where we should be looking because you know you need to teach your children how to how to speak mandarin why is that all oh, because the chinese they can just hold it forever the moron idiot who told me that and really ticked me off at the time when he said it this was in 07 he doesn't have a job with the chinese anymore so that was the idea get to get a resurgence of the communist left in this country give everything economically over to China, acquiesce to their demands, and become subservient to them. That is the evil of Hillary Clinton, a hardcore communist whose mentor and God, with a little g, that puked Saul Alinsky, writes in his book, Rules for Radicals. This book is dedicated to Lucifer. These people aren't kidding. When somebody like George Soros says that destro destroying America will be the culmination of my life's work, what, do we think he was just popping off? He had a couple of tokes off a doobie and a couple of drinks. He just decided to smart off. No. No. He means it. Just like Casey when he said, we will know our disinformation program is complete when everything the American people believe is false. He was assassinated. He died in a canoeing accident. How many people are killed in canoeing accidents? What, what are the chances? Right. Zero. Yeah. <laughs> what, I find, what I find fascinating about everything that's going on right now in current events, especially, let's just take the Kavanaugh case, the uh, interrogation, the um, persecution of Kavanaugh in these quote-unquote hearings. They yeah. roll out these women, or one woman in particular, Ford, but all these other allegations too, completely unfounded, but they roll out Ford who's completely suspect. You've talked about her potential ties to the CIA, strange family ties, things of that nature. Uh, psychologist at Stanford, I believe. Uh, the whole thing stinks from top to bottom. And then she gets up there and says, 36 years ago, this happened. I had one beer, right? I had one beer. Well, do you think it was, nope, it was one beer. Oh, good. How did you get home? I don't remember. How'd you get there? I don't remember. Where is the place? I don't remember. How many years ago was it? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what neighborhood was it in? I don't know. Where's the house? I don't know. <laughs> but I do remember, Brett, I had one beer and he tried to rape me. And that passes the smell test. That's how corrupt these Democrats are. They're going to roll her out. Stink. She's now been completely discredited. And now the left is in pure panic because uh, everybody can see what's going on. And I think Kavanaugh probably will be confirmed on Saturday. I think okay. so. You know, we're having this conversation on Friday, so I'm going to have to hustle to get this thing posted because I don't want it to be old news. Do you think he'll be confirmed? Absolutely. I do. I do believe he will. And uh, not only that, I think that if he's not confirmed, Mr. Trump will nominate him again. We'll start it all over again, rush the process through, and he'll be confirmed a second time. And in the meantime, 
between Mr. Trump renominating him and it'll all be cut. It'll all be short because it's all been done before. They'll be able to cover all that ground. There'll be way less hysteria and it'll go on through. And over the course of that short timeline, some people are going to be told you better get with the program or we're going to rat you out for everything that you've done in your life. See, I think that, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that's what happened to Lindsey Graham. The guy has absolutely done a 180 over the past several months. Oh, absolute 180. He and McCain, I I held them in the same bucket as traitors. And now Lindsey Graham is uh, President Trump's biggest cheerleader. And uh, did you see that conversation uh, during the uh, confirmation process where he uh, was speaking to Kavanaugh about military tribunals, the difference between military courts for traitors and civilian courts, and your constitutional rights do not protect you if you've been a traitor to to the country? That was a pretty important conversation right there in front of the American people. Oh, yeah. That's why there's that's why there's panic in D.C., John. And, you know, I don't hear anybody on the right uh, uh, picking on uh, Lindsey Graham or criticizing him for being gay. Uh, you hear the left doing that on the on the so-called comedy shows. Oh, they, they just think that's real funny. But I'll say one thing about Lindsey Graham. He has, the uh, finally, he has found his testicular fortitude and has stood up like a man and done the right thing. Because at least you know, nobody cares if you're gay. At least he had enough self-respect and dignity to keep that stuff on the down low and just do his job. Whatever he did in politics aside, they're, they're starting to attack him personally now. Exactly. And heretofore, the left, of course, was uh, the biggest champion of homosexuality and the, uh, and the whole gay agenda, which is a psychological operation in itself. Look, um, these useful idiots, that expression that Joseph Stalin used, you know who he was talking about? He wasn't talking about his own people. He was talking about Americans who tout communism as being this great thing. These willing followers of the Democrat leadership are, I hate to tell them, but it's true, they, I, we, they must be told. They're being made fools of. They are the useful idiots that Stalin talked about. And notice Russia. I haven't heard a thing about Russia, but Russia's the enemy. Russia's never been the enemy. They helped us in our revolution. They helped us in World War I. They won World War II for us, because I'm telling you, there's no way we would have defeated Nazi Germany without the Red Army. It would not have happened, not at all. Now, they knew that uh, Stalin was unhinged, wall goes up the middle, and Russia becomes the continual enemy for 70-some-odd years. Here's the thing. We've always done business with them. We got the titanium from them to build our SR-71 Blackbird. That's a spy plane, isn't it? Yeah. And we're still buying rocket engines from them. They even said, I said, I wonder about those mili- those uh, those uh, rocket engines when they uh, sanctions before last. They said, uh, uh, we're not going to, we're going to, we're, we're going to punish them economically. And I wondered, what about those rocket engines we buy from them to lift our military satellites into orbit? Folks, it's true. And sure as hell. About a week later, a little notice came out that uh, we're going to continue to buy the rocket engines. Yeah, because they're not the enemy. And I think Vladimir Putin has been more help to us than we will ever know, because the real enemy is now and has always been China, all the way back to the 30s when General Chennault and his flying tigers and their P-40 warhawks or tomahawks, uh, you know, with the shark faces on them, they were fighting the Japanese back then. Well, that was when Chiang Kai-shek was running things. Mao got rid of him. Mao took over and proceeded to kill about 100 million people. Communism is real. Communism is evil. Communism is nothing but a criminal enterprise. We had a man on on, uh, uh, 
uh, Mitchell, Mitchell, can't call his first name right now, save my life. It's an archive. It's in one of the 1,000 episodes in Caravan of Midnight, 1,004 as of tonight. Uh, they're, they, they remo- they're selling organs from uh, the Pulong Gong, who are health practitioners. Their organs are in the best shape of all because it's an advanced form of Qigong. You know, it's a health thing. It's cellular alignment. It's like revitalization of your internal organs. They take these organs out of the unwilling donors while they are conscious. They remove their guts while they're alive to the buyer who's already, who's waiting for the order. You need a kidney, you need a pancreas, you need a liver, you need a heart. What do you need? Yeah, I did an interview about the exact same thing. Yeah, the organ harvesting uh, of the Falun Gong in uh, China is very real. And uh, so is the child sex trafficking, though, around these around the planet. And that's what these people at the highest levels are involved in. Gets us into the whole topic of Pedagate, the uh, highest echelons of power in the UK, the British government. This has been going on forever. You know, Jimmy Savile, um, Sir Edward Heath. Uh, the former head of the MI6 or MI5, I forget which, Sir Peter Heyman. Uh, they traffic in children. And uh, I want to circle back to something before I lose you here that you uh, you hit on, because I think it's very important. It ties this all together. Sololinsky's rules for radicals, the mention of Lucifer, Hillary Clinton's biggest mentor, I guess, or one of the people she looked up to the most, Sololinsky. Now, all of this conversation about communism and what would have been hell on earth, according to Q, if she would have gotten into the White House, reminds me of Larry Grothwall infiltrating the Weather Underground. And he finds out that their plans were to kill some 20, 30 million people who Wait couldn't up. be re-educated to the ways of the Marxists and the communists. I brought up the subject of what's going to happen after we take over the government. Uh, you know, we... We become responsible then for administrating, you know, 250 million people. And there was no answers. They also believed that their immediate responsibility would be to protect against what they called the counter-revolution. And uh, they felt that this counter-revolution could best be guarded against by creating and establishing re-education centers in the Southwest. where we would take all the people who needed to be re-educated into the new way of thinking and teach them how things were going to be. I want you to imagine sitting in a room with 25 people, most of which have graduate degrees from Columbia and other well-known educational centers, and hear them figuring out the logistics for the elimination of 25 million people. And they were dead serious. That, I think, is what Q is talking about when Q says if Hillary would have gotten into the into the White House, John, it would have been, quote, unquote, hell on earth. It's exactly what you just described. The Ma- Mao killing 100 million. Weather Underground saying they'd have to kill 30 million Americans who couldn't be reeducated. That truly is hell on earth. And I think it's what was coming. Well, you heard that old bag cackle. We came, we saw, he died. <laughs> she is a bloodthirsty, evil individual. She really is. She is lost. She is of her father, the devil. Okay? And Bill Clinton was just a white trash boy out of Arkansas and was an easy mark. This was set up for a long time. And yeah. Hillary was the uh, was the driving wheel in that whole relationship. 
Well, in the MENA, Arkansas drug running through the CIA, there's the Bush-CIA-Clinton connection. I always say that the Bushes created the Clintons. The Clintons were more than happy to play ball because they have what you described in our first 20 minutes that we lost, avarice, greed and avarice, uh, pure evil. And uh, I think the other thing that needs to be said about her is, yes, I agree with you, she's pure evil, but she's also lucid enough to have known right before the election, and I'll quote, if that bastard wins, we'll all hang from nooses end quote. And again, can you imagine right now, John, being in their shoes? Can you imagine being John Podesta, Tony Podesta, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, Feinstein, Adam Schiff, or Hillary Clinton right now, knowing that the deck is no longer stacked, knowing your crimes are legion, knowing you've been seditious and treacherous? I don't know. I'm not sure how they sleep at night. No, these people are well and truly screwed. Uh, they really are. And um, I do not think at this point they should be shown any mercy, any compassion whatsoever. They have too much blood on their hands and we need to send a message to the next generation of traitors and evildoers that on a long enough timeline, oh, you'll cause your damage, but we will find you. We will prosecute you in a court of law and when you are convicted, which most assuredly you will be, you will spend the rest of your life in disgrace and misery in prison. You won't be on the beach sipping a drink next to Loretta Fuddy. That's not going to happen. We're simply going to take you out of the system permanently. We will seize all of your assets. And that'll be the end of you and your illustrious career. It has to happen. We've been too nice for too long. We have tolerated people who lie, steal, and cheat. We cannot. We cannot do it ourselves. While regular people are going to jail for no reason, stupid stuff, and going away for long periods of time, lives ruined, young people going away, and specifically black people incarcerated and families destroyed, while these people are destroying the very fabric of society. And nobody Nobody can talk about it for some reason. We cannot tolerate persons in positions of power who hold sway over our very lives to practice those things either. And notice the Democrats cannot do anything. The leadership cannot do anything without lying, stealing, or cheating. That's huh. It's their stock and trade. And with this lapdog media of theirs, I mean, how completely disgusting. And the moronic things that come out of the, of the, of the uh, MSNBC's and uh, CNN's mouths, it's beyond deplorable. It's 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 as crazy as a bunch of outhouse rats. That's they are on the payroll, people. There, there was once uh, circulated a whole list of how many people in the media with specific names that are on the payroll of the Clintons, and that needs to just be read and put out there again. How many of these news people and anchors are have been paid off? Rachel Maddow is definitely one of them, but they all need to be exposed and the people can do that. We can do that ourselves. We don't need to wait on anyone to publicly shame these people and make them have to, you know, answer for what they're being accused of by the public. And if the public is accusing them, then the media is going to have to report on the public exposing these people. Now, learn how to speak 
and took over some broadcast facilities. It's, it, it is insane, but evil is insane. Just remember, evil doesn't create anything. It distorts, perverts, or twists something that's already been created. Well, if this isn't evil, it'll sure do until the evil gets here. I'm thinking it's evil. So, to the broader point, ladies and gentlemen, this is an exciting time to be alive. Never before has good and evil been cast into such sharp relief. And it's time to pick a side. Because if you, well, it's written in scripture. Father himself said it. Be either hot or cold. But if you are neither, I will spit you out of my mouth. Take the lesson from this. You can say, you walk in the middle of the road, you're going to get run over. It'll either hit you from the southbound side or the northbound side. Pick a lane. It's time. Because if you don't, the decision will be made for you. And that happens sometimes. Witness the woman who walked up to Ben Franklin and said, what kind of government have you given us? Well, his response was, a republic, madam, if you can keep it. I suspect it was more along the lines of, a republic, madam, (laughs) if you can keep it. Meaning that for you to even ask that question, what kind of government have you given us suggests you may be too weak to keep the government that we've given you. So it comes down to this. Are you an American or are you an American? Choose wisely. That's my story. and I'm sticking with it, Sean. This is the battle between, this is a story of our, all of us being soldiers in the war between good and evil, now is the time to make the choice. And it needs to be deliberate. And once you've made it, stay there. You want to go to the dark side? Fine. They're over there. You want to go to the right side of things? If you believe in morals and dignity, if you believe in humanity, if you believe in God, if you believe that you owe what you do in this life to something outside yourself, you're not a ronin. You're not a masterless samurai. Then you're probably already there. But if you're on the fence, move over to the side of the light because light destroys darkness. Sean does it every day, and so does Caravan. Amen. John, I think we can leave it right there because you've really summarized everything. I believe firmly this is a battle of spiritual warfare. That's what is largely what we're engaged in here, uh, and that's what I think people are waking up to the morally bankrupt, I can't even call them the left because so many on the left are walking away because they're disgusted by these Marxists and these communists and these traitors to our nation. And uh, folks, there is truly a giant red wave coming. And uh, it's a red wave of justice that I think is coming for the bad guys and the traitors. John, thank you so much for your time. I'm sorry about that initial 20 minutes, but I think we really hit the nail on the head here and in this uh, subsequent conversation. Can you tell people how they can find you and subscribe? What a pleasure it's been, Sean. Thank you so much for having me on and give me a chance to spread the word about Caravan. Just check it out, folks. Triple dub. Well, it's actually HTTPS colon double slash and then triple dub. But anyway, you'll get there. Caravan to midnight.com. No numbers, no missing letters in midnight. Just the words Caravan to midnight. Uh, you can sign up uh, to see our daily uh, news segments. Just put an email address. If you can put in a bogus email address if you want to, but I don't recommend it because if you do that, then you won't get the newsletter that we send out every once in a while. Okay, so you can find it. You can go to the SGT report 
and uh, <clears throat> just look up Q. Are you ready to see arrests? And the gentleman with the deep voice, uh, his name is John B. Wells. So you could probably look up that name too. Uh, we just have to keep the faith at this point, but also to just keep a foot in reality and know that we are dealing with people that are slick as grease. If you think that they are not plotting and planning to get out of being held accountable and that they will not use the technology at their disposal, let, let's just be prepared for all eventualities. Um, whatever we do, we have to make it so that these people cannot come back and that they can never hold their heads up again and think that they're going to get in front of Americans and run for office. That unequivocally has to happen. They need to be exposed for what they did and whether they run and turn tail and, you know, jump bodies, whatever it is that they're going to do. The Americans that don't have a clue need to be shown who these people are for what they are. All right, Kyla Powers Radio. Enjoy your day. Kyla Powers Radio. Uh, I'm dealing with uh, electronics and the new iPhone setup for recording voice memos. I think that they're trying to make it easier for people that upload podcasts, but I don't find it easier. I find it quite annoying. But anyway, uh, what did I want to talk about? I wanted to talk about the rat race. The rat race that we're in, which is encouraging uh, mindlessness, where others believe that everyone is on the rat race and that because they've amassed a certain amount of money or a certain amount of success that they have the right to tell others what to do with their lives or that they can even, you know, qualify someone's life. Well, does that person deserve to live? Does this person have worth? Do you have worth? What, 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 how does what you do affect people and give back to the earth on a daily basis? I'm just asking a question. I'm not of my audience. I'm really asking the question of these people that think that they can decide other people's worth when they talk about pulling themselves up by their bootstraps and they forget how they got where they got. We know that things in this system are not fair, especially to certain populations. And I'm not saying that certain things cannot be overcome. But this new circumstance that we have, which is this elite Greek chorus of persons that gets to observe the rats in the labyrinth, chasing the cheese, and decide 
who gets here and who gets there. And they're tampering, actively tampering with people's lives in terms of what is reverberated back to them as, uh, you know, I'm not a weak-minded person, so they can, they can do, they can knock themselves out. But there are people that are affected when um, those that are in power put out programming specific programming to change people's self-perception, you know, and, and how they take events that unfold in their lives or that they experience or that they witness or observe. And uh, it's very, very dangerous if we allow ourselves to determine truth by only, exclusively, some kind of mandated barometer. Because if you're naive enough to think that somebody is not sitting there in a group at a round table and determining what that narrative that you're going to get is, and they've, they've already figured out what your conclusion is supposed to be, I had some conversations the other day, and I think some of you that, uh, you know, may watch my uh, illegally taped reality show of my life that they've invaded without my permission, without payment, without nothing. Anyway, maybe you would have heard some of these conversations that I've had with some people that are not unreasonable, they're not uneducated. They're not so stuck or brainwashed with, uh, I don't know about the brainwashing, but they seem reasonable, like you can talk to them. And that's why I did. And, and I think that's a huge thing that I'd like to encourage in people, that if you do think you find somebody that, you know, could, could take some doses of the, of the truth, things that we have found to be true, that we can have a discussion with, not tell them and expect them to immediately change their mind, but introduce some of the things that we know that are true, that have been hidden from the general public. Then I think that we should take the chance to do so. But the thing, this attitude that I see is that the average person has this sense of contentment that everything is exactly the way that it appears to be on the surface. And it's so, so naive. And when I tried to present the truth, the first argument that he said was that, well, I can find, I can find arguments to uh, be on either side of the equation. And here's the thing, just like with a math problem, <laughs> One and one makes two or it doesn't. Fact is not, uh, well, well, it could be two or it could be three. We don't know. No, we do know. We do know. And the problem that we have are, is a media that is now obscuring 
what we are dealing with, the questions themselves that are being asked, the, the subject itself is obscured, and then what we think about it is obscured. So by the time they finish their report, you don't know anything for real. You don't know any of the truth. And it's so funny. Uh, Pelosi must be, I, I think Democrats are listening to my radio show more than conservatives. And that's really sad because I'm trying, I try to help, you know, the home team, but y- <laughs> you're not listening. It's always the opposite side. And it, the the whole Hegelian dialect, there are no sides because all humanity loses when we're stupid. But it's just so funny that I know that they're listening and my people, mi gente, that I want to get get some understanding into slow to the game on how people work and, and what they do and uh, don't even understand what it is that I do and why I say the things that I say. You don't get it at all. Don't understand the importance of it just completely, they don't get it. If they see me sitting down to them, it looks like I I could just be counting sheep. If you're that stupid, then nothing can help you. But I'll tell you, the people that are listening to me are the Clintons. The people that are listening to me are the Pelosi's. What her little breakdown that she was saying the other day is exactly what I've been trying to say for a very long time about the media reporting on the reporting of things. What did she call it? I don't know if she called it. I called it a smear campaign, but she had a specific name for it that she called it. And I, I think that there is some severe, severe naivete that everything is what it is on the surface. And if you believe anything different, then you're uh, suspicious, paranoid, jaded, whatever. Even though you know that things like Pizzagate are hidden. Even though you know that everything that we've seen in the Q-drops and and the, the cannibalism and all that stuff, you know that stuff, and so now you accept it. But if you're just as bad as the people on the other side that can't take in new information or realize that things might not be exactly the way it looks on the surface, then you're just as as lost as them. And that's really hard for a lot of people to absorb. It really, really is. But we better make an effort. When you're in a war... And we all know that it's a spiritual war. When you're in a war, you don't underestimate your opponent. You've got to know, we, if, they're, if they are eating people, what won't they do? Once you go to that point where you're violating toddlers, what do you, you think these people are on the honor system? I, 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 there's such naivete, even in patriots, that we're just going to go and we're just going to arrest them. And they're just going to just let us just, you know, it's just going to be just so easy. These are the sneakiest, most devilish, to quote Michael Jackson, 
people on the planet. And it is naive to think that everything is what it appears to be on the surface. I had to remind this kid that I was talking to, the only thing that seemed to sink in, I said, well, you know, the Bible does say that there's a great deception coming. But never, never could he conflate or connect the dots between the deception and the transgender agenda. He could not he could not connect the two, even if I drew him a diagram. It just cannot be. And the thing is, if you truly believe what you believe to be true, then you w- you, you're not going to be offended by somebody else presenting another viewpoint. I'm not offended when I truly listened to what this other woman that I was talking to the other night that was telling me, Again, another was telling me how Russia is to blame for everything and Russia is the the enemy. I wanted to hear what her arguments were and how uh, the Trump administration is doing stuff against uh, black people and the voting rights and, and oh, or that it's not Trump, that it's the Republicans or whatever it is. I see nothing but uh campaigns for everyone to get out and vote. I don't see anybody being suppressed telling people not to vote. And I don't think that we should assume that we know how people are going to vote. There are a bunch of stupid people out here that will go along with whatever uh attitudes that the media is preaching. But then there's a lot of people that are a lot smarter than you think. They're a lot smarter than you think. And they can see the forest for the trees. But I, again, I'm speaking to these people out here that are in, at worrying about other people's lane and why somebody is here and what they have to do to find their purpose and what is the highest expression of their being. Excuse me, who are you? <laughs> who? What have you accomplished that you are the arbiter of that? I really need to know. I don't care how much money you have. I don't care who knows your name. You are n- nobody. Nobody is is above reproach. I hate to tell you. And we have a situation now where advanced technology is being used on the populace at large. There's a reason Blazy Forge, Ford, whatever the hell her name is, is heading up the MK Ultra at Stanford or whatever institutions that she has. The whole country has been subject to satanic ritual abuse and we don't even know it. We don't even know it. And so what I'm trying to tell you is they have the ability to use many different techniques 
subtle techniques at one time that succeed in having a profound effect on human behavior. And that needs to be absorbed by the general populace because the general populace is waiting for something dramatic to happen or something is done and then they can correlate. Then they can put it together. Oh, that happened. And so it therefore must be this. And it's very slow. And they have to see it in print or they have to see it on the internet or they have to see it somewhere. And they can't connect subtle things going on. And you better the nanoparticulates that are in the food that I did that whole special about is completely unregulated what is going in our food. I, I For a joke, I posted the Soylent Green. They actually do have a company that is has the balls to be called Soylent Green, just like the movie. And they're probably putting human beings in it, just like the movie. And people, it, it just doesn't even register because they're doing this... SRA, ritual abuse of uh, normalizing trauma on the citizens and the public. That's what's happening. This nano stuff is in the food, it's in the air, it's in the water. Look at yourself and see if you aren't breathing differently, if you aren't sleeping differently if you aren't doing everything that you usually do differently. And we attribute it to, oh, I must need some medication. Oh, I must need to go to doctor, get some of this, get some of that. And we are not connecting it to this water. I'm about to do a a topic in a minute on how the water that we're consuming is like sewage water. Filtered sewage water water. That's what's what we're consuming. And all of these things, plus the the pharmaceuticals, the food, the sugar, the chemtrails, the nanos, this is how they're getting us under mind control. Not only with the film and the watching the television and the commercials that are telling everybody that they have some kind of disease, that only this medication. Maybe you have this. Maybe you have that. Maybe you don't have anything. And if you didn't watch television, you would never have even thought about it. It's the power of suggestion. Blazy Ford's specialty. And this is how human beings are being manipulated. It is very very real and what they're doing with these newscasters and sportscasters and the shows like Real Time and even now the comedians have been weaponized against the public and you don't see how they are forming your opinions and your attitudes even when you disagree with them you hear it enough times or if it's made fun of enough times, you become desensitized. And that's very real and it's going on. And so what you have is a very small group of people that have access to everyone. 
at their amusement. And they're there and they can pull the strings. And they can make sure you can't go here or go there or do this or do that or get that. And it's unregulated. While they can do whatever they want. And they're not prosecuted. And nobody asks any questions. And there's never any kind of shame game with them. But they want to shame everybody else. And they want to they talk about what everybody else can do. How much talent. How much confidence. How much whatever everybody else has. But even in their successful business or whatever it is that, they, that they're doing. Are they vultures? What are they really contributing? Because everybody wants to be great. And everybody wants that 15 minutes of fame. But what people don't get is that nobody's going to remember you in a hundred years if it was just all about you. And not about if you do nothing for other people. And for the benefit of everyone. Why would they remember you? None of us are are that significant in and of ourselves. It's only that thing that we do. Which lifts us as a whole. That makes you worth mentioning. That's it. It's that simple. A song is not worth talking about. Unless it serves. Unless there's a reason to return to that emotion. If it's not about what feeds a human being. What nourishes their soul and their heart and their spirit. What comforts. There's no reason to go back to it. And again, I heard in my, I was, I was listening and I was thinking today as I was cooking. And there's this sentiment that you hear, oh, this is old. Or that's old. And so therefore it has no value. Just like people talk about human beings. And they don't understand that. I, I think it goes back to the principle of energy is neither created or destroyed. That once you have substance in a moment, in any particular decade, that that lives on. And it will return, possibly in another format, to serve in a different way. But it is eternal. And when you have something that is just uh, for the moment, then that's all it is. That's all it is. And once it dissipates, there'll be an empty space that needs to be filled because whatever that was had no real purpose. It had nothing. There are not that many people that put value or worth in humanity and what it means to be alive we now think that quality of life is just being able to eat 
having nice looking, being nice looking, having nice looking things. And, uh, you know, not having to break a sweat. That's quality of life. That's not quality of life. It's not. Everything is different for each person. Just like I had a voice teacher. And we used to used to talk about voices, which was essential. And one of the main things she'd always say is that particularly with voices, your your body is your instrument. Your face is your instrument. Your physiology, your specific physiology has everything to do with it. And whoever can give you the same technique that they gave to Baldy or someone else that they think is fantastic, and it could totally suck for you. Completely not do a darn thing for you. And you'll be sitting there and you'll be wondering, well, why isn't this working? I, I, you know, this is Beyonce cereal. Why aren't my teeth shining? You know, this, this is people's mentality. That just whatever is for someone else or works for somebody else or is valid for somebody else or gets someone else's attention, that that is value. And it really isn't. It may not be value for you. It becomes value in so much as that person is relevant. Once whomever that person that they're stealing from, copying from, using, whatever, once anything happens with that person, then the usefulness is gone. That's really sad. We're here to get the originality, whatever it is that our unique experience is supposed to yield. And when you do that, and you do it consistently, and beautifully, and fully, and completely, you're a winner. And no matter what anybody wants to say, detract, or smear, it doesn't matter. Because you've expressed that, and that is uniquely, you've you've filled up that space with something that did not previously exist. You've given something. You've given a gift. And nobody can take that. See, that's where nobody can can mess with you. Because they don't know what your contribution, they don't know anything about you. Nobody really knows it. You could, you could watch someone This is what we've got these people doing because they have the power to observe. And that's very valuable. And they haven't earned that. They haven't earned that right to have the privilege likened to Yahuwah to observe his children. You have no right to be observing someone's life 
And then you're making decisions on what they can and can't do and whether you think that took, you know, maybe somebody is talented to run, you know, like a Carl, what's his name, Carl Lewis or whatever. Someone's talented to run and you say, oh, well, no, that's that's easy for him. You know, so we'll just make it hard for him because it's easy for him to run. Who who are these people that they have the right to affect people's personal lives, their livelihood? They, they You don't know what that person's dealing with. And the thing is, they might know what that person's dealing with because they now they're in your head. Now they're in our heads. And I'm here to tell you, you could look at somebody for 20 years and not know them. You can listen to their every thought and smell their every fart and not know what the Most High has in them or for them for the selected moment that they are supposed to do it. And if you think that you have, if you're deluded enough to think that that there's not going to be a karmic price for doing that, you're delusional. You're delusional. We are not here to do that to each other. We are each pieces of the divine. Him getting to know himself. And when you interfere with any of his children, the Bible says that you're going to reap a hell of a lot of pain. Seven times seven. When you get in the way of his children and what they're supposed to be doing and the path that they're supposed to be on. Well, I'll just make it harder for this person because they didn't uh, make me a blueberry pie. And I someone told me that they're the best blueberry pie makers. If I don't get this, is it all about you? Is it all about you? Is that person's existence all about you? What are you doing other than the fact that you hype yourself and whatever it is that you're doing? What are you doing for the human race that someone needs to talk about you a hundred years from now? Any of you, anyone, what are you doing while there's people worried about when I go to the bathroom, what I'm eating, what, how I design my room with the cleanliness or, or how I feng shui or whatever it is that I'm doing. What are you doing? Do you think that when you see the maker, he's going to care about how many times you've been on the cover of People magazine or, you know, how many likes you have on social media? He's not going to give a crap. You will be held accountable. Everyone is going to be accountable. So while we're here. Looking at looking at each other. For the wrong reasons. Not for reasons that would help us grow. But to bring each other down. There's a, there's a communal price to pay for that. There's a price. 
and when good men are too afraid to do what is right, it leads to suffering for everyone. If you have that substance and you have that goodness, then, you know, there's no one but you to stand up and say something. My question is, why people that are supposedly lower on the shelf are the ones that pay such heavy fines and life wages, while those that mess up constantly, been in and out of rehab, stealing, raping, eating people, doing all kinds of terrible things, they never have to face the music. And yet they think that their morality, that their stuff doesn't stink. I'm telling you that this is the age of Aquarius. The age where we start to know where nothing is hidden. The dirt under the bed will be seen. It's about to be seen. A whole lot of people that are assumed to be whatever it is that their PR people do and say are going to be exposed. Going to be exposed. And I'm, I'm not just talking about celebrities. I'm not. I'm not getting on them only. I'm talking about we got people in church that are looking at people. And it, there's one thing to be like, oh, I can't believe she wore that. Oh, it looks like there's a, a, a dead bird right on her hat. And wow, she did that, you know. So that's one thing. But there's another thing. There's, there are other things. Ways of looking at people. That's harmful. And that's where that, that thing, where, you know, the Israelis wear those bracelets and it says the evil eye. That eye is very harmful. It's very, very hurtful. The eye of distrust. The eye of, oh, you're not. You can't. Or what are you? Or how dare you? Or what... If you've got that much time to be worried about that and it's not for the health or the promotion of that person, then you're the one that's lost. And I realize that I, I don't have um, it takes it takes a lot of patience with this world to say vengeance belongs to the creator. I, I, I've had to evolve because I see so much injustice 
so much injustice for so long. And when it's in certain directions, it's just easily dismissed. But when it happens to certain people, then it's big news. It's the center of the universe. And if heads need to roll. Heads need to roll when certain people are maligned. But others can endure for decades. And just that's just, oh, oh, whatever doesn't kill you make you stronger. But if it's of another certain person, immediately, immediately, the load must be removed from this person. Why? Why is this person given more worth than they haven't done anything in particular to earn that? I don't know. But I really enjoy exposing hypocrites and shaming them. Not, not me shaming them, but rather reflecting that projected shame that they've projected onto others. And what it tells me is that that is what was done to them. And so they're doing it to someone else. Because they learned that shame somewhere. That was their ritual abuse that was done to them. And so they're doing it to someone else. And as we put people through this sick process over years, patterns become ingrained. And that's how the society becomes dysfunctional. And then we wonder, we wonder why things are the way they are. This is why. Life should not be every single second a fight, every single second. If, if, if your job is that, you need a new job. And I will not for one second let anyone try to make me do whatever the hell it is that they think that they want me to do without being getting the respect that I deserve and the pay that I deserve. As a woman, regardless of my race, regardless of my hairstyle, regardless of my weight, I don't give a damn. We have laws in this country. Laws that no matter what background somebody is, what they look like, what they dress, what their sex is, we forget about that, the non-discrimination laws that we have a right to live our lives and pursue happiness without someone externally being able to discriminate against them in terms of jobs, housing, all of that. There are laws on the books to prevent that type of discrimination. And it's the people that scream the loudest about me too, and about minorities, about all of this stuff 
that they're out here doing it, doing it to other minorities and doing it to women, real women. And that's where my grind comes in. My grind is to expose those people to show the truth. And the truth will set us free and it will most certainly self-correct. And that's what I'm looking for. The United States is about to make a huge self-correction. It's not about perfection. It's about we're not on the frequency we see that we need to be to move ahead. We got some weight to shed. We got some ways to change. And no matter whether we like it or what we do, it's going to happen. And I'm looking forward to it. I don't know about you. That's a positive thing. That's the exciting thing. Is that we literally don't know how any of this is going to pan out. And when I hear people immediately, oh, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. God willing, we're going to do that. Nobody should be overconfident about what they think is going to happen. We have to be able to live in the moment every single second, second by second. Things can drastically change in terms of life on this earth And that is something that has not registered with many people yet. And I register it. I don't know how ready I am to accept it. I mean, I want want change right now. I could use some change right now. But we know that things are going to be different. With how payments are made, money is processed... As they start unveiling these new robots, a whole lot of people that are full of themselves because of what they own materially, their jobs are going to be replaced by robots. And that's something to be thinking about. So your function is not to just be here and make some dollars for waking up and checking in. It's that you're offering something unique, a service that is unique, that a robot can't do. Those are the people who are going to be able to feel somewhat confident going forward that they have something to offer that AI cannot. And that's what we need to be thinking about in terms of our development and and what real success is Tyler Powers Radio okay what do you mean like when people go clubbing or something no I'm talking about like you know like everyone's graduating and oh yeah yeah that's that's in June that's end of year yeah yeah those parties and (laughs) the limousines aren't always clean Oh no. Well, they're clean when they get picked up. Oh no. By the time they go to the house, they ain't clean no more. Oh no. <laughs> Did you have fun at, at your graduation party? Yeah. 
I had a lot of fun. Why are you walking funny? Don't mind that. <laughs> they explored. Like, Dad is just like, okay, I won't mind it. Mom is just looking at you with that weird look like, I know why you're walking funny. Oh, no. <laughs> Every mom knows why she's walking funny. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. Oh, yes, I did. Oh, wow. You took it there. <laughs> Ooh. Did you just graduate last year? Oh no, I'm far from graduating. I'm oh, 30. No. You just like have 30? you just have fond memories of limousine. Oh no, my memories of high school was not even that fond. I was oh. like people knew me but then I was like I don't like anyone. Oh so no. it was like everyone wants to be my friend, but then I'm just like I don't want to be anybody's friend. Not that far down from here. Wow. And what was that like? Everyone, like, before I went to school, like, everyone had their back and forth about it. But then it was, like, when you go there, every, all the negative stuff that they say is really just, like, in reality, the basic negative stuff that you go through in any high school. Okay. You know, it's, like, bully and all this and that and forth. Is this a hood area or not? I don't know. I'm not from here. Um, where are you from? I'm from New York. Well, I was born there. Oh, okay. I don't know anything about Jersey. <coughs> <coughs> what part of New York, New York are you from? Queens. This, uh, this is a like whole... Like Astoria area or like Flushing area? Neither. Like, uh, I have like a trifecta of like uh, Jamaica, Queens. Um, oh, that's not even... I don't even Long Island ja and Forest at, Hills. I don't look at Jamaica, Queens. <laughs> like it's Queens. I just look at it like it's the far part of Brooklyn. Oh, no. Okay, well, some people do. Like, like for me, do. it's like I would have a job. Like I work air conditioning, so oh. I work everywhere in New York. Okay. And there's a job that I would do every once in a while. That's the second to last stop on the E train. Okay. Which is the same train you get on to get the um, the air the, the air, air bus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Air you whatever know, it is. Yeah, the the air train. Yeah. You know, from like the train station to the airport. Right. But. Where I would be at, I'm just like, I get there, I'm like, alright, this is supposedly Queens, but literally I can, like, throw a rock and it lands in Brooklyn. So, for okay. me, I'm like, I'm so deep in fucking New York, so far away, uh -huh. but deep in it. I'm like, this ain't New York, this is Brooklyn. Uh -huh. Like, for me, like, if I'll go to Queens, yes. it's Flushing or Astoria. Okay. Because I got family there. Okay, okay. You know, it's like Brooklyn is kind of everywhere because I got family everywhere. So, so where do you eat in Astoria when you go? Um, there's like, I used to, I used to be in a, like, since I was in Astoria, it was like a lot of like Indian yes. around. Is there good Indian? I never really went to like a specific spot. I just tried out every Everything. great spot. And it was uh, all Left right here, left right here. Oh, wow, you're cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really close. Like, I could have taken the, the train. So, to commuting get here. is expensive. Well, I could have gotten the train okay. to get to my house, which okay. the light rail, the city rail, oh, okay. is 75 cents. Wait, where is that? From Penn Station to here. The only thing. What do you, is what do you mean, 75 cents? 75 cents. Only a downtown transit. Wait, what? How do no, I catch oh, it? It's, a, it's the. You have to back up. 
and make the right turn. So from Penn Station yes. to NJIT, which is where all the college are, yes. sub 75 cents. I didn't if, know that. If you want to go past the colleges to like um, North Newark or something. Wait, where do I catch this 75 cents joint? Tell it, me specifically. It, it, it's not like it's a specific train. It's when you get your ticket. Uh, I'm the last door. I'm not kidding. I have to find out about this. Can you text me? Can you email me about this? Because I'm done. I'm spending like twenty, thirty dollars. I'll give you a heads up. What? Uh, just give me your number and okay, I'll, I'll okay. Message it out. Okay. So wait a second. Are you working in the city tomorrow? Okay. So here's where he gave me his phone number, and uh, that doesn't need to be on my podcast, but uh, he is going to be on my podcast in future episodes and he's got a lot of interesting things to say about spirituality just now and i just would have like i've been trying to learn t- uh thai <laughs> oh good for you i just it's like you 902 i'm like zero what so what's the number <laughs> yeah, right, for you it's <laughs> like, like for like, you everything is like just one, one, like two one two that's it <laughs> <laughs> i didn't get it so what 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 name do i put uh nine just n-i-n-e or the number Okay. And then message me, and then, I mean, I'm oh. probably just going to honestly smoke a joint and then go to bed. Okay. No, so, tomorrow. I mean, yeah, I'll be- yeah. No, I mean, like, message me, and then that way, like, you and know, I'll, tomorrow. Yeah, like, totally. Like, you know, let's say, like, 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock after work time. I'll just be like, boom, jump on this train. You can call me oh if you want Oh, my to. God. you are. I'm so glad that you jumped in here <laughs> and did all that you did. I'm messaging you, like, right now. <laughs> I'll send you a link to my Instagram. And you're like, oh, boom. We can okay. be Instagram buddies. There we go. <laughs> Very cool, right, Nine. I'm yes. so glad I met you. Oh, yes. that's so what, fun. What's your name? I'm Kyla Powers. I'm, okay. all, I'm, oh. I'm all up on Instagram. Oh, no. You, you, you got that Austin Powers name. Yes, I yes. am. I'm so down on it's it. It's an alter ego. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, so it's Nine. Like, I know you weren't born nine. Um, I'm sorry, are we the keeping door, you? The door is Dude, still I'm so sorry. Thing. I'm gonna have to. Yeah. Um, no, <laughs> but, like, like, ironically, my mom on my phone, and, like, you know how Spanish moms, they yes. have your either your name or your full name. <laughs> you know what mom has? How my many name? middle names you got? Oh. Uh, I only got one middle, oh, middle wow. name. Oh, but my mom actually has me as my first name on her phone. Okay. My first name and nine. Okay. So it's like even in my family. Maybe I'm that's nine. the name she wanted, and then no, it's she wanted the name that I got. Oh, but it's yeah. like it became an alter. Oh, okay, he's gonna orders. eject us both okay, from this Uber. Alright, I'm like, I'm trying to get out. Oh my God, <laughs> nine! I'm hitting you, and there's no yes. way I can look this up. Seventy-five cents. Can oh. I look this up? You know what? If you're awake. Just call me when you get home. I will. I will. Because I'm going to be smoking a joint. Oh, I'll, I'll cool. Still be awake. I love it. Thank you so much. Dad. Best. Best. Dad. Best. Ah! That's so cool. I'll catch you. Bye, bye. Right, oh, my God. Enjoy night, right? your McDonald's. Yeah, you have too. good health. Like, inhale oxygen. Because McDonald's is bad. But, okay, I'm concerned. Wait. What happened? Okay. Okay, he's looking at something on the ground. Something happened. Whatever. Is he okay? You, you will he fall? What? Okay? Yeah, yeah, my phone's good. Oh. Okay. Oh my God, that was so. Funny. That was the best. At first, I thought it was weird. I'm like, he's talking to me. He don't know me from Adam. But then I was like, oh my gosh, I'm from. It's so cool. That's so cool. This is how you don't judge people. Because you just don't know. Yeah. 
I knew I knew there was a reason that he got into this car. This is a cool little area. I forgot about this little area. Nice. It's still Newark. It's <laughs> listen to you. What is yeah. not? It's still Newark. It's still I know, but it's nice though. Yeah. No, I mean since the station. It's right it, there. It's still Newark, yeah. Yeah, very it's cool. Still Newark. Very cool. I'm liking this. Okay. This is awesome. I'm loving it. Oh, no. oh, I'm so excited. Tyler Powers Radio. I know this has been a very kind of sobering episode, given that I've been doing so much comedy of late. And, you know, most comedians definitely have those contrasting sides, as humorous as they can be. They're usually extremely sober-minded as well. So here's something on a nice tip uh, that I was watching for some inspiration, uh, more than inspiration, um, I'm always inspired and I, I don't think that things lose their value because of age. Excuse me, I know that people return again and again. They just look different every time. And they forget sometimes who they were when they were here before. But that's what makes movies amazing. Because movies capture who that person was at that time, in that moment. This is me then, that kind of thing. And um, you can go right back to the dilemma that those human beings were facing in that movie. And you're brought into it. And you're like, wait a second. This was in when? 1943? This feels like right now. You know? So uh, I'm about to, this is just a little intro for what's to come uh, next. I am going to be doing like in the radio hour, not the whole thing, but uh, just a couple of the pivotal scenes for us to listen to not just the acting, but great writing. When we used to watch movies where we went to movies to process what we're going on, what's going on in our lives, our real lives. It's not just about escapism and being a superhero and having super strength and flying and all that. It's about being and who we are and all that. And I found myself listening to this and I, I, there were so many thoughts. I was like, oh my goodness. When I was listening to this, I was just like, wow. We still have people like this. Where they have no conscience. But at that time, we had films that a mindless person could go and watch and maybe enter the world of somebody like a Henry Fonda that felt very um, 
that was just uh I was trying I was thinking about how to describe him today what I feel and, and not about acting but just being the voice of a human perspective the honest the human being recognizing itself in a sober way of not some idealistic way of oh I'm pure and I'm perfect or whatever I, a soul realizing that it's flawed that things are can be jacked up that you know it is what it is and I'm here and why is this like this and just just honestly speaking from the gut and when I look at his performances that's what I get is is just just this consciousness on a certain level that we don't get to see a lot and and I was questioning myself as somebody that wants you know that writes and makes films cuz that's what I do I do it whether I'm famous or not I do it it I'm doing it already and um I was just like my life the way it is now I'm not coming into contact well I wasn't coming into contact with people that I felt enhanced where I'm at or what I'm thinking about or what I want to think about or where I want to go and even on social media you know, I think that's why we follow people because we're like, oh, this person's interesting. And um, the other day, actually, I was like, I don't know if I heard it or or I said it to myself, but I might have heard someone say it, it was like, um, I think someone was talking about dating and it, it might have been a hip hop thing. Somebody was saying, if you're dating somebody and they can't teach you anything more than what you already know. Like, what, what are you, how are you building anything on that? And I really think that that's any relationship or even who you follow or, or whatever. If it's not helping you to grow in some way, it's like you could have the most perfect looking person and they look great and maybe physical things are great. Nothing else is is planted. To is that person about? And can you come home and talk to this person about certain things? And like, there's certain people. You know what I realized? You can have also someone who's intelligent, and you come home and you share those things, and they understand what you're saying. They understand it, um, but they don't care about it because that's not their value systems. You know, like they understand, like you can tell people, oh, you know, you want to talk about currency or, you know, what's going on in the sovereignty of nations or whatever. And it's just like, you know, they want to know what their next uh, car is going to be. And, you know, just just they're just much more superficial than that. And um, wealth without material wealth without 
cultural wealth or the the spiritual wealth seriously you might as well be broke i'm not kidding you you might as well not even be here no one's ever going to know that you were here cuz you're never going to do anything other than sewing to the material so i don't know in myself i had this yearning i was like it was unspoken but i was like god i just want to meet some people that think about things on a deeper level than just eating sleeping sex and looking at themselves please god just anybody <laughs> like i was like please i don't even care i just want to like i'm about more than that i aspire to more than that you know it was so random i was so tired i just th- that's another conversation but i was so tired i got into this uber and this guy i might play the conversation here before we play the radio show um the radio show of a movie with the Henry Fonda excerpts. Before I go into that, I might just play you some excerpts of this guy that I met. I got in my Uber, and it's like Uber pool is like a, uh, it's a crapshoot. <laughs> Maybe nobody will enter your trip, and it's just you, and you're going to have a nice ride home, you know, and you can just zone out until you get home. You know, that's one thing that can happen. The second thing could be you could have, you know, an Uber driver that, like, you know, thinks he's, like, a stand-up comedian or whatever, or or, or is, like, you know, FBI, like, what are you going to do? And where did you do that? And da, da, da. You know, would you like some biscuits? Do you want to buy this? You can get a free, you can get a free sandwich. You know, like, like I've had that, you know, and I'm like, oh, God, please, no. Or who do you listen to? In the you know, sometimes there are modes where I'm just so tired, I don't want to talk about anything. So I got in this Uber. I didn't think anybody was going to be particularly talkative because the driver wasn't talkative or whatever. He was quiet. He was like, oh, this one person is coming. The person took forever. I was kind of like, oh, maybe he won't come. He came. He got in the car. And his personality was like at a 10. I'm not saying that I need to be around people whose personality is at a 10 all the time. I'm just saying to you that he just had, he was so different and I, I had forgotten that I had asked to meet people that are different. And it's like that is the power of manifestation. And when you, like, ask something from your soul, you, that was quick. That was, like, within 24 hours I met this person. And so, you know, I don't know what he's into. I don't know what he's about. And, and I could just see certain people saying, you know, I don't, I don't want to name names, but there's certain people in my life that have always been like, why are you friends with that person? This person, you know, fixes toilets or uh, not toilets, but this this person is an electrician and, you know, whatever. Or that person is an adult and they still read comic books or, you know, that person can't cook for nothing or, you know, wh- whatever reason that someone else can down a person or just be like, you know, oh, that person's so overweight. Oh, that person keeps dating all these losers. Or oh, whatever reasons that people have for why you should not know someone. Those are probably all the reasons why you should know that person. 
I think we miss out on so many people that could make our lives so much more interesting and fulfilling because we're told that our friends can only look like this. They can only be in this uh, financial bracket, you know, or whatever it is, whatever kind of superficial nonsense. Whatever kind of friends we have, it's got to be a give and a take. It can't be like, you know, I want to take your time and sit in your face for hours and have you entertain me and I bring nothing to the table. Like, I'm, I, I have no time for that. I really, really don't. Everything needs to be reciprocated. It really, really does. And so anyway, I was pleasantly surprised. And this guy was so interesting. And I was in so much pain, you know, just from carrying heavy stuff. And just, oh, I'm just tired and pain. Throat hurt, allergies, itchiness, everything. And like, I can't even tell you what he was talking about. He was, I don't even want to tell you the whole thing. But like, he was doing what he was doing. And he was telling me a story. I passed right out. And I had some of the best sleep that I had in a long time. And it's so serious that if we can stop qualifying, you know, what we think about people for whatever reason and just see who they are and just maybe there's even more to people than than what we see. But do they let you into that inner world, you know? So, um, I mean, we're all thinking that each other are walking zombies, but maybe there's, um, I don't know, maybe there's more there. Anyway, I just thought that that was interesting how this guy came out of nowhere and was just totally interesting. And, uh, I was like, wow, okay. I see this new chapter unfolding where I'm going to start meeting people who are really alive because that's it. It's not necessarily about having everything perfect or the way people look. It's about to what degree you're alive. Like you could have somebody like Stephen Hawking who's in a wheelchair or whatever, was in a wheelchair, and, you know, he wasn't doing any bungee jumping. But what is your imagination doing? How are you manifesting whatever it is that you dream? You know, you could have the fattest person in the world and you're looking down on them and they could make the most delicious food that you ever had in your life because they love food. They love food. And they can share what they know about food and their experience with food. And that makes you rich. And therefore you're rich by knowing them. So there's a lot to be learned. From all different kinds of people. And uh, I don't know. I just have this feeling that I'm going to start meeting interesting people. And it's probably going to be that balance for me of, you know, I like to be around people. I I can be the life of the party as I love to be at the casino. But then I have times when I decompress 
and everything that I, that's something if you're an empath, you can't always just be absorbing, you know, and just always you, it's not that you just need to be by yourself, but if you've absorbed all this information and all these people and all this and everything, it may, it's perfectly logical that that needs to become something else. That energy needs to be transmuted and you, you have to give yourself a chance to do that. And then you can create with that. But that's part of your learning how you need to organize your life in terms of your time and your space and whatever. And that's, that's such an important thing is finding specifically what works for you because it could be completely different than somebody else. And I know I have specific needs, so my thing is I know that there are some things that I am not into or things that I'll need to hire somebody to do. I have no interest in those mundane things. And I have no shame that I have no interest in those things. Because what I am interested in yields such uh, fulfillment that I don't care about that other stuff. And uh, I'm a grown-up. I really don't need anyone's permission to, um, to tell me what should be important in my life. So if I need help on, if I have, you know, a business and I have a lot of different things going on, then I'll just have to have people that are experts at what they do to do those other areas that I find mundane. And I will overlook that, you know, oversee that. And then uh, I focus on what, my part of that is you don't have to be every part of it. You can't be. There's no way that you could be. And any kind of performer, a performer, I mean, that's a business and you need, you need so many people to keep a performer going and for anyone to think that that the cultivation of an artist that that just happens all by oneself then that's just pure ignorance I, I can't even speak to it it's just so ignorant so anyway um, I'm going to play you this guy that I met so you get a taste of what I'm talking about just Maybe that being the thing for the week is just to experience people and fully, fully experience someone. Even if it's somebody that you already know really well, you know, just experience them. Really interesting. And so next is this movie after that. The Oxbow Incident. It is a Western, black and white Western, 
1943. If you get a chance to look at it, I suggest it. I don't even like westerns. I don't even like westerns. But, um... I liked this. Especially in these... This day and time where we have such injustice going on and we literally are being censored from even talking about it and thinking things through and and uh, people's character assassinations being tried in the public without a fair, without any kind of fairness and people making decisions on who you are off of things that happened decades ago. Things that may or may not have happened decades ago. It's just ridiculous. And when people make mistakes in judging people, what's the price for destroying somebody? What's the price? I think this movie might answer that question. I haven't even... I haven't even listened all the way to the end, but um, I'm going to put on just some really nice stuff and hopefully it'll be relaxing and help you help your mind just to rest. That's what this movie did. Oh, I was talking about Henry Fonda. That, that That's something that happens when I watch him that I can just... I can just be introspective. I don't know. I just get on his frequency. I just get on his frequency. And there's just something that takes, for me, it's like a, it's intelligent. Like, I need that. <laughs> I need to be around somebody intelligent. And he's, he's not trying to be anything. He just is. He just is. And it's just whatever it is. He's the voice of my conscience in, in a lot of things. When I hear him say certain things, I, I'm like, God, he sounds exactly like what my stomach is saying. <laughs> now that's what I feel like. And I can relax and I can think. And it, it's a nice style of acting that uh, I, I don't, it's not even acting. It's a way of being that is just, I feel like it's healthier than, you know, I don't know. You you meet people sometimes that just have that way about them. And like, something could be learned from this and I could get some peace. He seems like he got some kind of peace of mind. Maybe he didn't. Maybe he was acting. I don't know. Maybe Maybe that's just good, good acting. I don't know. Never studied his personal life. I don't know his business. I just know that I was so tired and I just needed to see somebody that could see things for what they are. And feel the way that a human being should feel in certain situations. I find that I agree with him. Like when he says... Well, what is that? Or <laughs> just like however he's feeling about, you know, like somebody they was going to they were going to hang somebody and he's like, "Why are you doing that?" <laughs> you know, and I'm like, I don't know. The just the way he is like inside 
I I have a side of myself that is like internal like that where like I'll be quiet for a long time and then out of nowhere I'll be like what are you doing <laughs> you know I don't know I found that I find that refreshing and I like that and um I wish he was alive so that I could interview him but anyway I know that he's not but anyway uh okay I know that was probably strange for some people but we're going to go into the Oxbow incident after this uh, little Uber incident thing. Conference Radio, oh no. All right, so we're about to head into the Oxford incident. And um, basically, uh, I just skipped the whole first hour. This is like a three-hour movie. These westerns are like really long. But anyway, uh... Peter Fonda and his homeboy stumble into these group of uh, guys that are holding up these three men that they find, that they think did somebody in, committed murder. And uh, the, I don't know what you would call him, the sheriff I guess um the sheriff is the one that um wants these guys uh punished without knowing for sure okay we're entering the movie right now and uh actually I was wrong (laughs) it's not three hours whoever it was that uploaded it just had the film on loop so I think the film was only actually an hour and 15 minutes which is a whole lot better I did think that that was weird that it was like a three-hour movie anyway okay so they happen to happen upon these three guys that they think stole this guy's ox and the sheriff wants to hang these men um without really knowing everything about the case and uh everybody in the group thinks that you know yeah this guy's disappeared and uh these three should just hang and they should not escape the law and we shouldn't wait for any reason we should persecute these people and so here is the film the oxbow incident here we go Take it easy, mister. Stay where you are and put your hands up. General, collect the guns. What do you want? What are you trying to do? Shut up. We'll tell you when we want you to talk. This ain't no stick-up, brother. This is a posse, if that means anything to you. Well, we haven't done anything. General! Well, we must be pretty important, or else awfully dangerous. It ain't that you're so dangerous, it's just that most of the men ain't never seen a real triple hanging. A hanging? Well, what have we done? Aren't you even going to tell us what we're accused of? Rustling. Ever hear of it? Rustling? And murder. Murder? Uh, Mr. Martin, uh, what did we do? It's all right, Dad. There's some mistake. 
Remember me? He's talking to you, mister. No, sorry. He don't speak English. I got a different notion. I'll make him talk. That'll do, finally. Listen, your wife had enough of your playing God Almighty. Who picked you for this job, anyhow? We got him, I say. Let's swing him before we all freeze to death. If you're cold, here's the fire. Warm yourself. And I advise you to control your tongue, too. And we'll get along better. Who's boss this outfit? I am. And your name? Donald Martin. Where are you from? Pike's Hole. That's a lie. This gentleman from Pike's Hole. Would you like to change your story? I just moved in three days ago. I'm on Dave Baker's place up in the north end. Dave Baker moved out four years ago, and the place is a wreck. The barns are all falling down, the sagebrush is sticking up through the porch. Well, I bought the place from him for $4,000 in Los Angeles last month. <laughs> then, mister, you was robbed. That may be. Surely it's not so far to Pike's Hole that you can't go over there and find out. My wife's there right now. My two kids. That's really too bad. Just too bad. Even in this godforsaken country, I've got a right to a trial. You're getting a trial that 28 are the only kind of judges, murderers, and rustlers get in what you call this godforsaken country. So far, the jury don't like your story. Well, I'm not going to say another word without a proper hearing. Suit yourself, son. But this is all the hearing you're likely to get, short of the last judgment. Have you any cattle up here with you? Hey, Mr. Martin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to ask you again. Yes, I have. How many? Fifty head. Where'd you get them? From Mr. Kincaid. That's just what we figured, son. But I'm no rustler, though. I didn't steal them. I bought them and paid hard cash for them. My own cattle were so bad, I didn't want to risk bringing them up. So I sold them out at Salinas. And I had to stock up again. Did. Of course, he can't remember every head he sold in six years. But it's customary for him to give a bill of sale. Yep. Ever learned suddenly cattle after spring roundup? This year and the other year? I can answer that. I heard him say myself just a couple of days ago. Wouldn't sell ahead to nobody this spring. Well, I know it looks pretty bad giving a dead man for a witness, but it's the truth. You don't believe me? Would you in my place? Well, I'd find out. I'd do a lot of finding out before I'd risk hanging three men who might be innocent. If it were only rustling, maybe, but with murder? No. What are you trying to do, Tetley? Play cat and mouse with them? I would prefer confession, Martin. <laughs> if you got any doubts, Tedley, I say let's call off this party. Take it back to judge like Davies wants. This is only slightly any of your business, my friend. Remember that? Hanging's any man's business that's around. If your stomach for justice is cooling, Carter, I advise you to leave now before we proceed any further. Otherwise, your interruptions are going to become very tiresome. I still don't like it. Hanging murders is one thing, but to keep guys you don't know for sure did it. Stand around sweating while you shoot your mouth off, that's another. Take it easy. This ain't our picnic. If you keep on butting in, I got a hunch it might be. They call this old man Dad. Is he your father? No. Speak up, man. You're taking it like a woman. Keep your chin up. You can only die once, son. 
No, he works for me. Uh, uh, I didn't do it. I ain't even got a gun. And who did? Uh, uh, the Mexican did it. Uh, he told me so. Uh, no. Uh, I saw him do it. Juan couldn't have done anything. I was with him all the time. Uh, uh, yes, he did, Mr. Martin. He was asleep, and he didn't mean to tell me. But I was awakened. I heard him talking about us. The old man's feeble-minded. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He invents things. Well, if you've got to go through with this filthy comedy, you can at least let him alone, can't you? Shut up. Lay off, Mitch. First he won't talk. Now he talks too much. What's his name? Halva Hardwick. And the other? Juan Martinez. No, it ain't. Still don't remember me, eh? I'm talking to you, mister. I'm sorry. The devil you don't. Your name's Francisco Morez, and the vigilantes would like to get hold of you. He was a gambler. They want him for murder. How about that? I don't know. Stick together nice, don't they? Why do you keep asking me all these questions? You don't believe anything I tell you. There's truth and lies, too, if you can get enough of them. What do you know about the old man? Well, no, he, he's in the army. Confederate or Union? I don't know. He's not clear about it himself. Maybe both at different times. Not halfway from the army? Tension! Oh, he's forgotten. Not that. I'll make a deal with you, Martin. Tell us which of you shot Kincaid, and the other two can wait. None of us killed anybody. And that's all, I guess. Bring him along. You don't mean you're going to do it, really. You got to wait, I tell you. You got to wait. You got to give us a start. You got to give us a start. Remember, the Mexican's mine. My kids. One of them is just a baby. Just a little baby. They never got a thing to go on. Nothing. I've got to write a letter. If you're human at all, you'll give me time to write a letter. That ain't asking much, Tetley. They're scared. They're trying to put it off, that's all. Yeah, if you want Tyler and the sheriff to get him, the job not done. They won't come in time. I believe you're right, Mr. Davies. Oh, I doubt if you want to be. What time is it? Five minutes after three. All right. We don't want to give anyone cause for complaint. With your permission, gentlemen, we'll wait till daylight. Bring him back. That'll give you time, Reverend, to finish your business at leisure. Sure, then time to think it over. I can't ride like this. Very well, I'm tired. Oiga, viejo, que tengo hambre, que mucho. Que se matar, que ni he says he wants to eat. He's much hungry from so much, much of the talk. Thank you. Why, look, fresh beef. Oh, Ma, fix up a spread for everybody. Can't call it stealing because the time it's set, there won't be any owners. Ha ha ha. 
to give the knife back. Handle first. I'll do it. but has no stomach for blood, eh? Very fine shooting, my friend. You should try again with that one. Now, where'd you get that gun? Found it. Where? Lying on the road. You're a liar. 
thought we might find somebody to send it back by. You're a liar. And you're a blind fool. I asked you where you got it. No, sorry. But that's the truth. He did find it. Undoubtedly. Won't you even read it? Is it because you've made up your mind? Or because you believe everybody else has? And you're afraid to stand up for what you feel is right? You heard what Martin said about showing his letter? Oh, what does it matter to the man or his wife? Who sees this letter if it saves him from hanging? It's a beautiful letter. Read it, and you'll know he's not the kind of man that could steal or kill. Maybe. But all that kind of argument in the world can't stand up against branded cattle, no bill of sale, and a dead man's gun. Gentlemen, I suggest we act as a unit, so there can be no question of mistaken reprisals. Mr. Davies, are you willing to abide by a majority decision? Well, how about the rest of you people? Sure. sure. I've already ruled with me. Everybody who's with Mr. Davies are putting this thing off and turning it over to the courts? Step over there. Only one person, and that's the black person. And then the other guy. of angry faces and people that want to see people hanged. message you'd like to leave, Martin? I, I don't want to... I, I'd like to make a confession. I didn't do that. And about time to a priest. There's no priest here. This man can hear me and take it to a priest. All right. 
Get along with it. Kincaid's murderers. We got all three of them. And we hung them too, Sheriff. Ah. Larry Kincaid's not dead. Not dead. But we just... Well, I just left Larry Kincaid with the doctor at Pike Hole. Caught the fellows who shot him, too. But, Sheriff, they had Larry's cattle down there. They even had his gun. Give me that badge. Mr. Davies, I know you well enough to know that you didn't have anything to do with this. I'm depending on you to tell me who did. All but seven. God better have mercy on you. You won't get any from me. 
All right, let's go. No objections, Mr. Davies. I'd like to read Martin's letter now. It'd be a good idea if a lot of people read it. Ask me, that Tepe's the one we ought to lynch. You're a great one for hanging, ain't you, Smith? That's why you kept them waiting so long. I saw your face. It was the face of a depraved, murderous beast. There are only two things that have ever meant anything to you. Power and cruelty. You can't feel pity. You can't even feel guilt. In your heart, you knew those men were innocent, yet you were cold crazy to see them hanged. To make me watch it. I could have stopped you with a gun, just as any other animal can be stopped from killing, but I couldn't do it because I'm a coward. <laughs> Aren't you glad you made me go, Father? Weren't you proud of me? How does it feel to have begun a weakling, Major Tetley? Does it make you afraid that there may be some weakness in you, too, that other men might discover and whisper about? Open the door, Major. I want to see your face. I want to know how you feel now. feel bad, some of them. Ignorance. Bucks a piece for us. I'm gonna say God. Oh. 
500. Not bad for a husband who don't know any better to buy cattle in the spring without a bill of sale. That half of them can't read. I'll read it to you. My dear wife, Mr. Davies will tell you what's happening here tonight. He's a good man and has done everything he can for me. I suppose there's some other good men here too, only they don't seem to realize what they're doing. They're the ones I feel sorry for. Because it'll be over for me in a little while, but they'll have to go on remembering for the rest of their lives. Man just naturally can't take the law into his own hands and hang people without hurting everybody in the world. Because then he's just not breaking one law, but all laws. Law's a lot more than words you put in a book. Our judges or lawyers or sheriffs you hire to carry it out. It's everything people ever have found out about justice and what's right and wrong. It's the very conscience of humanity. There can't be any such thing as civilization unless people have a conscience. Because if people touch God anywhere, where is it except through their conscience? And what is anybody's conscience except a little piece of the conscience of all men that ever lived? That's all I got to say, except just the babies for me, and God bless you. Your husband, Donald. You were listening to the Oxbow Incident, 1943. Henry Fonda, Dana Andrews, and Mary Beth Hughes. Where are we going? He said he wanted his wife to get this letter, didn't he? He said there was nobody looking after the kids, didn't he? Kyla Powers Radio.